are now listening to United 96 Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. United 96 here on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. It's finally here. MLS season is finally underway. Finally getting a roll into the season. It's 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 exciting to have soccer about to talk about. I'm Ted. John's over here let, resting up on the couch, kicking his feet up. Uh, long business trip, long weekend for all of us, I think. Uh, and I think we're we're dragging a little bit as we as we head into the to the first season, first game review. John, how you doing, my friend? I hope I hope your weekend was good out in Phoenix. It was. It was great. My first time out there, so it was nice to go get out there and, and see a friend I hadn't seen in a couple of years, and meet his daughter, and see his see his wife, uh, see his nice house. So it was great. It was a it was a good opportunity, and then also got some good work meetings in too. But uh, glad to be home. Glad to be talking about a DC United comprehensive victory, even though the performance well comprehensive in the way that the score was three to nothing. <laughs> that's that's yeah, the way in which is comprehensive. How, how was your weekend well, other than the soccer? Other than soccer, well, I mean, Audi Field was great. Um, I can't really say too much else. I did this. How were those seats? That. How was that seat? Was it good? Uh, seat? Your seat, your seats are fantastic. Excellent. Let me tell you, my friend. Good to hear. Um, I did not. I was hoping to like say like, oh, the guy sitting next to here is going to be re- way worse than me. He's going to be. Yeah, I yell, I yell a little bit some games. But I, met, I met some nice. I met a nice couple. Um, apparently, I think this was a a birthday gift to the to the husband. Um, and I think they kind of wanted to be, they were kind of like talking about how they wanted to be in the supporter section. Oh, great. Uh, a couple fans, a couple fans showed up really late, like real late to the game. Like, um, so classic DC I, behavior I th- right there. It, yeah, it was, it was a little bit of a late arriving crowd. Uh, crowd was great. Uh, atmosphere was, was fantastic. I thought in the stadium as always, um, a, l- a lot of fans still complain about the, uh, the, the stadium as compared to a lot of other, I think some other, some other, uh, fans went out to, to Seattle to, Cincinnati to Columbus and I think they come back here and they get a little jealous um, I still love Audi Field I think it's still a, a nice place to watch a soccer game um, and in the the energy you can still feel it in the stadium so a uh, lot of fun uh, good win for the team three nothing victory uh, got to see some people picked up the picked up the kit even though it has the uh, the aforementioned crypto sponsor um, those are going wild in the in the DC United Twitter that's probably going to be something that's just going to continue to exist uh, as we go in the season. I was hoping it would die down a little bit. Um, but we got soccer to talk about, John. We got a game to talk about. You actually you got to watch the game. Did you get the uh, ESPN Plus? You got the uh, the 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 Charlotte broadcast. I got so. the Lloyd Sam feed coming out of Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> I mean, vi- I, I would say viciously homerific uh, audio, uh, broadcasting on the Charlotte side, which is, you know, that's fine. It's their first game. They're trying to figure out how to be a soccer team. Uh, I did. Speaking of Charlotte, I got to say, what a great turnout! And you, you were right next to it. What a great turnout for yep. a traveling, traveling fan base. It's a, it's, it's not a super long drive, but it's a pretty long drive. So that good for them for for making it happen and get out there. Elliot, Elliot Barr, my uh, my friend who also hosts the River City ninety three, joined us on the trip. Uh, his uh, his wife is from Charlotte, so he has uh, decided to be a Charlotte FC fan. Um, so we had we had some fun with that, but he got to sit, I think, with the with the fans in Charlotte. So uh, they they brought a huge crowd. They took up, um, you know, the mission uh, the mission bar that's kind of across uh, I think across the street from Walters. They like took over that whole top that whole top area. So um, so yeah, so a lot lot of lot of fun, great great support, great turnout from them. So I am good, I am to see. I am totally okay with a large contingent of traveling fans, particularly when their team loses. That's like the it's the best center. <laughs> it's the best like magical chemistry of having your stadium quasi invaded. Yeah, got 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 one mention. I was not sitting. I think I, if I sit in the supporter section, I think I would have gotten 
some some more uh, some more love. But I did have one. I did have someone come up to me and thank me for doing the show, saying they really like the stuff. So I, I didn't. I think you maybe told your name. I'm, I'm not good with names. Uh, it was a long weekend, <laughs> but uh, whoever you are, thank you. Uh, it was. It's always nice to get that little ego boost walking in Audi Field. You gotta. You, you gotta be shows. walking around being a human billboard. You gotta have your RFK refugee shirt. Or you, you gotta have. <laughs> you gotta be head to toe in swag, and then you'll get a lot more well, IDs. Well, people now know what we look like. It's like we have the live show, so people, you know, we have the videos. I think people kind of know, kind of know what we look like. But it's true. All, all in all, all in all, really cool. Lots of lots of fun there. Um, let's talk about the game. Yeah. Let's get into it. Uh, DC United coming away three nothing victories. Uh, as we hinted in the show, if you did not watch the game, uh, which you probably did, you're probably here to hear our thoughts about it. Uh, the scoreline did flatter DC a little mm-hmm, bit, a little bit, uh, just a tiny bit. Uh, things did not start well for DC. Uh, they looked. I, I was coming in this season. I actually I started to get really nervous in those stands. About the first 10, 15 minutes, I was like, "Oh dear God! Like this is." Is this like the first sign of like impending disaster for DC United? Are we going to like drop this game? Are we going to like maybe battle back for a draw? Like it just did not did not look good. Um attack wise, I thought they were a little flat. I thought um uh Griffin Yao looked probably the best. I think the weakest point was probably the center of midfield. John, you you had some thoughts kind of tweeting the game. I think I tweeted out that Yao was the only good player, and then that's when Nahar turned off. Uh, give give me some of your early thoughts about the game. Watching watching from TV, it may have been a different experience than than in the stands. I think I think I identified the same weakness that you did. This the center of the midfield was being sort of qua- not quasi overrun, but the, the the ability to find and move the ball forward in a, in a dangerous way was lacking. Uh, after the fact, so I, you know, we we could I'm gonna we'll continue sort of where we started, but I just want to say like I went back and looked at the stats of most of the players. And if you look at them all individually, uh, almost everyone had a technically bad day. Uh, if it's passing, if it's their defensive sort of winning duels or, or being able to complete dribbles, no one had a really statistically great day, except for Steve Birnbaum. Steve Birnbaum's stats are amazing and is why he got on the, the team of the week, I believe, along with Bill Hamid. Uh, but it, and we'll talk about it. We can break through sort of looking at each of these players if you want. Uh, but it was not, a game that anyone's going to be happy with. Even Michael Estrada will be happy because he got two goals. But even those goals, I think, have giant asterisks next to them. But they all count in the end, right? Towards the end of the year, unless you're looking at, unless you're a fan of New York City FC, looking at Ola Kamara's goals and breaking down which ones are penalties, all you see is the number, and no one cares. At the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, you look at. Um, I think I was kind of like I was kind of peeling back some of the some of the foot mob just basic stats by the way foot mob was hilarious i almost had like because that's where i look i i don't i just like foot mob literally sits there on my phone i pull it up it usually has the lineups there it's a quick lightweight app it's you know i should probably check the official feeds and everything they had kamarni they had kamarni smith out there and i was trying to sit there like reading the lineup and then i looked and i saw a big bald white guy and i'm like i think they meant brad smith because that's definitely i i definitely see brad smith out there they've corrected it now they gave some good ratings to to, to DC, even to Drew Skundrich and, and Moses Nyman. Uh, but I was looking at like, I was just looking at like Drew Skundrich's stats mm-hmm. like throughout the game and like how well, cause he, he basically assumed that the, of course the news that dropped was that Russell Canals had picked up an injury. Uh, so that center midfield pairing, uh, that center midfield spot suddenly got real thin real quickly. Uh, even with, even if Jafal looks like he might be as good as he is. Uh, not a whole lot of, I guess the tackles is maybe where the, cause from a recovery suspect perspective, Drew Skundrich was looked like he was recovering the ball, you know, moving the ball, you know, getting the ball, recovering it in in when it's loose. 
in certain scenarios. Um, I'd be curious to go back and watch the full game. I kind of caught the 15 minute highlight reel. Uh, but yeah, it just looked like it looked like they were just uh, they were not pressuring. They were not pressuring uh, Charlotte as much as they could in the center of that field and really giving them uh, a lot of space to just hoof balls over the top. And DC got exposed quite a bit, uh, at least a couple times I can remember from those balls over the top. And and I think the, the defense did well to kind of hold firm. Bill Hamid showed why he uh, should maybe get more love as, as a goalkeeper here in MLS, making some fantastic saves. Uh, other players, I thought I thought Julian Gressel, not great. No, he was o- uh, 0, for, I, 0 for 8 on his crosses. Uh, yeah. 0 for so, 8 on crossing, wasn't able to complete any dribbles, 40% accuracy on long balls. These are numbers uh, that he will not like. He's, he's obviously has high standards for himself, and I think they did say that. Uh, but this was this was not a strong performance from him. Uh, really, either of the fullbacks. They both had very big challenges completing any crosses into the box. Service was not a not functional, basically, from the wings, the way it normally is. So that's something that I'm sure Ernan's going to look at for next week against Cincinnati. Yeah, it, it, uh, of, the, of the two, I thought, I did think Brad Smith was pretty good. Um, I liked what he brought. He had a couple of nice, couple of nice dribbles where he was kind of going at players. I think he almost brings, I guess, an ability maybe to go at players that I don't know. Gressel, Gressel's going to kind of hang back a little bit, you know, recover the ball. He might make like a quick runner there. He doesn't really have an ability to sort of beat beat guys on the dribble. I think we saw that a little bit from Brad Smith. Uh, he had one moment I think in the second half where he beat on the dribble really well, laid it off to Yao. Yao couldn't quite get get it under control and get it off frame. Uh, one thing, I Gressel does get maybe a little bit of an assist. He played a nice low ball uh, that set up uh, Kamara for the um, for the for the third goal, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the game. So uh, Yao, I thought, like, I'm, I'm reading these stats, and it's like everybody I thought either had okay or subpar performances. Foot mob loves. They did not like, uh, they did not like Griffin Yao's lowest, lowest Lowest um, rating on the team. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I might, I might change foot mob. I'm not sure I agree with I that. Would, I, I thought he was actually... I would say Flores much worse than Yao. Flore, Flores, uh, for much of the game, was invisible. And it's and it's unfortunate, right? I think what we talked about preseason was looking at his performances for Peru and saying this is this confidence is what he needs to bring to the table for DC United. And he looked a not, a not confident player. I think for the 72 minutes, 76 minutes that he was on the field, uh, he was he had one key pass... Yeah, he had. He, go ahead. He gets dispossessed on the the goal that yep. got ter- overturned by VAR. Gets dispossessed on that. I thought he had a better second half than first half. I thought he kind of got he a did. little bit better. He did. I do. I do think the team was certainly favoring that right side a lot. Um, so I think he was trying to cut in to try to get involved. He's he's very good. At, I think at those kind of one two passes, those sort of quick passes that kind of open up. I won't say that was a disastrous performance. If that's the floor and then there is more to that, I am I am slightly more optimistic. He seems like he's fit. He seems like he's healthy for the first time. Um, this was also a team that was going to bunker. Um, so I'm curious to see a team maybe that wants to go forward a little bit. Maybe there's a little more opening, a little more space for him. Uh, yeah, uh, basically, uh, Charlotte bunkered this whole game. They hit bunkered and hit DC on the counter. Um, they played kind of the way you should play against a, 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 a pressing team, which is here, have the ball, see if you can beat us. Let's, and then we'll just hit you on the counter. Let's walk through the goals and the way that they, they went yeah. down. And then let's, let's give everybody a player rating. So, uh, the 19th minute is when Charlotte's, uh, goal that was marked off was scored. It's marked. It says here they were, they were crediting as an own goal before, uh, the, the VAR decision actually came down. Uh, 
what was your from you actually if i'm trying to think i think that was in front of you right that goal was right in front of your seat what was your vantage point yep. that goal you know it was it was right as i started to get nervous i didn't see the dispossess and then i saw them kind of have the ball in the in the center it it just looked like it was just a lot of bad communications i think it was the right moment and it was fortunate they had it they had it disallowed uh, because things were not, I was, I think actually, I think I almost missed it. Cause I started typing out. I'm like, this doesn't look good. Uh, this team is not looking good. And then they score. And I said, uh, yeah, that, 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 that I'm getting a little nervous here. Uh, so it was watching on the replay. It was very much a, an error in the center of the park. Now the question you have to bring in is Florida's loses the ball. Where is Drew Scundrich? Where is Moses Nyman? They're supposed to be in that center of the field kind of holding up the ball to sort of allow um, uh, Flores to go forward. So I think Flores is caught in a bad position. Ball goes out wide. It kind of, there's a lot of sort of mess in the box. It's pinged up and it's just kind of a, a miscommunication from from Bill Hamid and, and Steve Birnbaum, I think. I think one of them steps back. I think uh, Bill grabs it. I think Bill, I think they had a little bit of a discussion. Uh, Steve Birnbaum also ha- was having some some words with with Hernan sort of at that point too. He was he was not happy with the way things were going uh, in this in this game, and I think Hernan was trying to <laughs> trying to encourage him. So uh, it did seem like after that goal, things did start to turn around a little bit. DC started to sort of kind of regain. It's almost like I, I feel like it was maybe some cold water that was doused on them, and they're sure. like, okay. Uh, let's, 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 we can't be like this. Let's kind of change it up a little bit. You, on TV, everyone looked extremely shocked by that occurring. Like, it seemed like they were like, there's no way this team should have just scored on us. So, so like, yeah. I, I think, I think exactly you're right. I think that that goal was like, all right, well, clearly we're going to have to do something more different here, more positive. Uh, and that, as you alluded to the, the game sort of turned around there for a little bit. There's a great shot, I believe by Andy Nahar, uh, in mm-hmm. the 31st minute tipped over the bar. Uh, the, the penalty the 34th minute here, Brant Bronico, a handball, which I think based on the TV, it was a, it was a sort of a tough call, a hand pretty close to the body. What was, what was your read on it? So I, I, so here's the thing I am, I'm about like, I am about 70% convinced. Yes. He was, he was calling handling. There, There were about two incidents where you saw the ball possibly strike the hand of two Charlotte players. I think maybe the the other Charlotte player gets it around. The ball's kind of bouncing around. And then you have the Charlotte defender do like this two-footed like clearance. Uh does does get a piece of Estrada. I'm not sure the whistle comes soon after that. So I'm not sure if it was the handling. I'd love to get like an actual confirmation it was the handling call. My thought of it is if it was handling, the VAR looked at it the only angle we have is sort of that one angle from that one camera. And I think he was like, I really, I can't see the hand. I'm going based off you. I can't really like bail you out of this one. If it isn't handling, (laughs) doesn't look like it is, but I can't say for sure you made a clear and obvious error. So your call stands in my mind. I think that's honestly what happened. If it was a handling call, the announcers are going crazy because there was a bit of a foul in the buildup where Julian Gressel kicks out a little bit. At, a, at the player who had tackled him, uh, I would say I could see it not being called. It was, it was, if think back to the Rooney goal where uh, Luciano kicked out, Acosta kicked out at somebody after he got tackled. <laughs> and you're like, please don't call back for that. Uh, but it was, they were really going, you know, they were feel, they felt very hard done by both on the overturned goal and the penalty kick. Uh, and then after that, 
then after that, it was like the, it wasn't so much the referee. <laughs> then it was then it was just like bad things happening of their own accord. But so uh, uh, I also was surprised. Did, I did not know that Michael Estrada was going to be the penalty kick taker. It looked like Julian Gressel <laughs> was standing over the over the spot with the ball there for a little bit before the kick was taken. That was well. So the funny thing was was you had you actually had uh, Edison Flores. Uh, sitting down, like tying his shoes, like trying to be like I, Edison Flores has to be like the nicest player out there. Like he, that dude, I, that dude's ego. Maybe he needs a bigger ego to be kind of more of like, no, this is my type of thing. Uh, he very much was just kind of like, hey man, like can I, can I, can you give me this? Please. Can you give me this? I kind of need this penalty. And Estrada's like, no, I'm the striker. <laughs> I'm the striker. I'm taking the penalty. Uh, so, you know, he slots at home. I, I don't think you read anything into that there. No. Um, I think it's just, it, I was very curious. Like, I was like, who's the, I mean, everybody knows Kamara was the designated penalty kicker. I was like, who's going to take this? Is it going to be Estrada, the new guy? And sure enough, it was. So uh, finishes it with a striker's confidence. Good to get him off the board. I think, sure. uh, especially so, even if they're fortuitous, you know, striker's confidence is, you know, for him, especially for a player like Estrada who has struggled mightily in Liga Max. Uh, to score goals, I think it was very important for him to get goals and to kind of, you know, get that monkey off his back early. Say, okay, I'm back. I can be a, you know, a top tier goal scorer in this league. Yeah, so. that was his. That was he scored as many goals as he did for Atlas in like a year. Uh, in, yeah. Before on the first goal, <laughs> and the second goal he doubled it. <laughs> so in the forty yeah. four, the sixth minute, sixth minute of stoppage time in the first half, which I'm guessing is based on the multiple VAR uh, appeals in the first half. Uh, Estrada scores again when he takes a kick and uh, Christian Fuchs gets in front of the ball with his back or his butt. I'm not sure. It was sort of the back of his body uh, and took a deflection into the net. 2-0. Uh, pan- uh, chaos. I believe there's also a chance after that. Uh, yeah, they 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 almost got, got a it. They almost got a third. Yeah. It was very, I thought it was going to be like a first half hat trick and just absolutely bury. I, that, that was honestly, at that point, I was like, we're probably winning this game. Yep. I mean, that's just... From from a Charlotte side, that's a, that's just an absolute backbreaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did generate a couple. Obviously, there was the chance off the post, but I mean, really at that point, I just felt like it's just kind of like almost like you, you're you were so close. You get the win. Not only does the goal get snatched away from you, now you go into halftime on the road, your first game, two nothing down, and then of course the third goal came. I think at that point, Charlotte maybe gains a little bit back, but. I think also DC's trying to maybe step back a little bit. They're they're, they're not going to hit the gas pedal too hard uh, to to generate chances. But uh, yeah, tough tough way to go in the half. And then we get to the the third goal, which despite it being fortunate, I appreciate that it actually came from like sustained possession mm-hmm. and sustained attack. So I'll take that one any day of the week. Uh, Ola Kamara still subject of trade talks. Uh, apparently not letting that bother him. Um, I I will say one. I'm not sure how this came across on TV. One big difference from Estrada and Kamara. Estrada did not seem, and maybe he was new trying to figure it out. Maybe they haven't gotten a chance to really train train him on what to do. Uh, very weak sort of on the press. Yep. Not really committing to the press. Once they got old, and that's when things actually, they had some of their best spells, was when Kamara's out there because Kamara was running. Kamara was pressing. Kamara was going after it. Something to think about because that is something... I don't know if Kamara was like, this is what you need to do. And maybe Estrada picks that up. But that that was a little bit concerning because – but one positive thing from Estrada is everybody seems to think he is a um, – he is a uh, – he's going to be a poacher. He has an ability to drop back. He was dropping back a lot. Like when the game wasn't coming to him, he went to find the game. And that can be a positive. If you have an ability to sort of drop back, find the game, 
you know, make passes, sort of link up, and then you can open up space for other players could be a positive for this team. So each one brought different different things, I think. Yeah, Jason Anderson pointed that out. He had a video clip of uh, basically Estrada failing to press. Uh, so I, we talked about the first goal, the goal that was uh, marked off or offside that Edison Flores had a turnover in midfield. It was actually a failure for Estrada to press or or group in the press that that allowed the ball to to squirt out there. So I think you're very right to notice that. And I noticed, too, that when Kamara was playing, he was orchestrating the press a little bit. He was talking to the other players and getting them to close down the right way. So uh, I am hoping that is just a matter of, you know, tactical discipline and not having a lot of time with the team and not really anything about sort of inclination to not want to do that. Like maybe saying like, that's just not really his style. Hopefully not because any player who comes here right now has to know that the, the, the hyper press is not a non-optional non-negotiable element. So Ola also scored one minute after coming on. So good, good for, yes. good for Ola. I'm trying to think of any other big plays that happened. Uh, you already ran and hit the post in the 69th minute. I, I was for sure, you know, everyone was talking about what the score was going to be. I was like, if Charlotte scores, Jordi Reyna will score. Like, that is for sure the way it's going to be. <laughs> that I, I think that, you know, just to sort of take a tangent here, I think Charlotte so outperformed the lineup that they had on the field as far as what they were able to do and that sort of the pressure, at least in the second half, sometimes that they were able to create. Uh, this is a team with no designated players on the, on the field at that time. Uh, with no, with I think one forward to their name, Jordi Reyna, I think coming on their... They are a, a, a non-completed team, and they were able to just again, despite the scoreline. We all know that that scoreline is not necessarily indicative of the play on the field. If you look at expected goals, I think it's like one point three to point eight or something. So, I just I, I think that Charlotte is going to be not good this year, and I think it's not going to be due to the players that are playing. I think it's just they're they're not they're not nearly deep enough, or have the high end talent that you need to succeed in MLS at, at this point. But promising from a tactical standpoint, despite their suicidal t- p- taking the ball out of the back, like down three nothing, they're like we're like <laughs> we're like we are committing to this. And at that point, like you said, DC had their 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 press straightened out, and they had four players mapping to the defense, and they were just closing out all opportunities over and over again. I was like, this they've got to they've got to decide at a certain point. I guess they were thinking the game's in hand, so let's let's work on what we got to work on. But anyway, all that to say, Charlotte good performance a team that is i think probably will be better could be better than cincinnati if they get some if they get some roster construction here at the rest of this uh, open window they i mean let's just say that they did not look as bad as 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 uh as cincinnati did in their home game against an awesome team that is also still trying to figure it out uh a team that has not really made many big signings or made really any groundbreaking signings uh they you know trying to figure it out year two uh, it's, I, I think Charlotte's going to be, I, I think they're going to be Minnesota level first season. I yeah. think they're going to be not great. They're going to have moments. Uh, it's going to take some time and they, and, and it's not really, it's what is, I mean, they chose those players, but it's just been a calamity of, they just can't get it right with who they're signing. And that's just, that's just kind of the way it is. DC's not a complete team either. Nope. Um, we, the DC's not a complete team either, but I think they appear to have a path and, and. Hey, this is John. I just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you for listening to the show. If you'd like to support our work and keep this train running on time, there's a couple of ways that you can support us. First, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Any amount you'd like to give is great. Our Patreons will get the full audio of our shows on Monday night every week, 
a day or three days earlier than everyone else. You could also subscribe to our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash rfkrefugees. You can either use your own money or utilize your one free monthly subscription if you have Amazon Prime. And lastly, you could buy merch. We have stickers and scarves available on rfkrefugees.com and we'll have t-shirts available later this season. We love doing this show for you guys and appreciate all the support we've received over the years. Now, back to the show. You know, I think Lasada might be being nice, but it seems he's saying he he maybe at least knows that there are reinforcements on the way, uh, and he's trying to do that. And and uh, let, let's let's talk a little bit, um, not sort of in in juxtaposition to this game, sort of the the interview that came out about Lucy Rushton, and it was brought up about you know the young players and what they're trying to do. Are you? So a lot of people have said we need we need we need center midfield depth. I'm not going to doubt that. I think they do. I think they need some center midfield depth. Do I think they need do I do I maybe want to see them go for a per, a player that I think in that I think in the future, you know, a guy like Moses Nyman can beat out? Maybe. Um, I think this team is maybe doing something where they're saying, look, let's give these young guys some minutes. Let's take our time. Let's find the right players. But in the meantime, let's see what Yao can do. Let's see what Nyman can do. Let's give them minutes. Let's give them opportunities. And that appears to be what they're doing. Uh, I think they could have they could have gone out and made a signing by now for some guy maybe that didn't quite fit, but you know, hey, he's he's quality. They could have maybe gone out and signed a DP that would have been out and replaced Ariola. I think they wanted to see they're 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 probably going to make that signing. It looks like it is. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But are, are, what are your thoughts on this? I'm kind of for what they're doing. I think this is I think this is an interesting new wave in what they're in. You know, typical old DC to maybe do panic buys sort of when they don't get what they want, uh, but they need support. They're kind of saying, you know what, if if we are average over these next few games, it's OK, because we got some crucial minutes to some of these younger players. I think they're one MLS starter away from that rotation mix. I think even just a Felipe resigning would have made sense to me. A player that does not going to over the long haul challenge Moses Nyman too much for starts. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly I think you, you see, Russell Knauss gets injured a lot. Now, if you look at it, if you look at the last couple of years, he's injured every year. Uh, the man does not play a full season and that's not his fault, but that's the reality. Junior Moreno was, was much more dependably available in the midfield. So if Drew Skendrich is the player that is automatically elevated to starter level when an injury is out, I don't think that's where you need to be. I think you need to have one other player that goes above Drew that is not is maybe in it, maybe in his late twenties, early thirties. I think that's what, I think that's the kind of player you're looking for there. But uh, Griffin. Yao is a good example. I was going to talk about him as well. He did not have a strong performance, but they know that this is a make it or break it year for him. They know that they're not a complete roster yet. So he's going to, he's going to, he'll play in Cincinnati again. He's going to, he's going to play here for a while and they're going to want to see, can he improve? Can he become dangerous in a sustained way? Uh, and then sort of develop a partnership with Edison and, and Michael. So it remains to be seen what that looks like, but I think I think it's a good I think it's a good gamble to make. They have a soft schedule early in the year. Mm-hmm. They know that they have at least one impact player coming later in the year, and likely another one. So I think that they know that it makes more sense to see what they've got here in this soft area, uh, than and then know that going into this know that going into the summer and decide. Yeah, we've got Taxi coming in. Yeah, we're looking at another DP potentially. Where else can we strengthen? Uh, did these young players prove that they can be MLS ready in the first three months of the season? I'm hoping that they do. I think 
you know, that's what we want. We that's that's what all of us want are these players that are young to be able to come in and play. Do a Kevin Paredes basically have a small role and then next season become the starter and become impossible to take out of the spot, no matter who's behind them. I, I I really do. I think that they. I think maybe they're also thinking, uh, Sofane Jafal. It seems like they are very very high on him. Uh, he came into the game and he. I know he paid twenty six minutes, but had a 91% passing accuracy rate, uh, had a 100% long app. I'll be curious how many actual long passes that is, uh, but seemed like he definitely settled. I think he I think he sort of starts, he recovers the ball, lays it off to Yao, Yao plays it to Kamara, and then Kamara, you know, I mean, then, sorry, plays it to, uh, to Gressel, and Gressel fires it into Kamara. So he starts that goal there. Uh, he's a guy I think the team is very high on, and I think he's the reason. I think he's the reason Moses Nyman was not resigned, or sorry, not, um, not Moses Nyman. Junior Moreno was not resigned. I think they were enough, impressed enough with him that they're like, let's get younger. Let's let's you know save some money on the cap. We think Jafal could be a, a good player. Uh, yes, he takes an international roster slot. We got Loudon to fall back on if we if we if we're getting a pinch, just load him to Loudon or you know. The two hundred fifty thousand dollars they got for Junior Moreno uh, could rise as much to four hundred fifty thousand dollars based on performance incentives. I'd be very curious what those performance incentives are uh, for for FC Cincinnati, but uh, I'm I'm interested to see. It seems to me golf seemed to indicate he might start. He might actually be the starter next next week against uh, against Cincinnati. Maybe over Moses Nyman. Probably over I, Drew. You think not? You, you think, think ever Drew? You think because they're two young players, they probably wouldn't want to ma- ma- match them up. I think. From a size perspective, I feel like Drew Drew should be able to give more of the press and pressure. Uh, he's also a little bit of a taller player. I think playing two young players is maybe a little bit of a risk. We'll see. It'll be. I, I've been surprised before with this team and how they sort of play. So, but I think Jafal is somebody who uh, it'd be curious to see how he does. Uh, DC doesn't DC doesn't sign late round draft picks if they don't think there's something there. Um, so I'm, 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 we saw a little bit of him against, uh, against LA. We saw a little bit of him against Charlotte. I'd be curious to see him in sort of a game of consequence and maybe get more of a, of a, of a long run out. But I think, I think to their point, I think with the, I think with the wing position, it seems like they, they know they need to maybe get better there. Uh, they have maybe a rotation, more of a rotational option now with Griffin Yao sort of getting him maybe some minutes and rotating with, with Rojas if he is signed. Uh, but I think with center with center midfield, I think maybe they're going to take a little bit of their time with this and sort of see what they have in both, you know, Scrundridge, Knaus, Jafal, and Nyman um, and kind of see who kind of rises to the top and then maybe you make some decisions from there. Um, let's uh, let's give our ratings here. Let's go let's go player okay. by player real quick. Uh, sure. We'll do out of 10. We'll do foot, foot mob right. standard. Uh, okay. Bill Hamid, I think I would say, I think the 8.5 that he got for foot mob is accurate. I think he made a lot of great saves one called into duty uh, and was decent in distribution. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Nine. I would say nine. Yep. I would say that's pretty, pretty good. I give him a, a plus one. Cause I think he made some saves. That game was still two, nothing Charlotte scores. Maybe it, it becomes a different game. Uh, Andy Nahar seven and a half would be my rating. He completed the most dribbles. He will once again, lead the team in dribbles from center back. <laughs> that will happen again. Uh, he got a little bit loose at certain points, which happens when you're trying to do things. Uh, but he was uh, as as effective as as usual. He was he was sort of swashbuckling in his role. He was getting up. He was getting up a lot of times. What, what's your rating? I think I think a seven's fair. He there were there were moments, certain the moments where he brought the ball up the field. There wasn't the. I mean, I I put it on the scale. Was there the uh, Blaze Matweedy 
you know, absolutely punking the entire inner Miami. No, there wasn't that in this game. So I'm going to give him a seven. So Brennan Hines, like, uh, I would put him at a seven as well. I'm going to say six okay. uh, of the defenders. I think he was the weakest of the three. Uh, Steve Birdenbaum. Uh, he got a 7.9. I will give him an eight. <laughs> yeah. I'll give him I'll a say, I'll one. say, I'll say, I'll say an eight as well. Uh, Julian Gressel gets a seven here. I give him a six and a half. I was, I was, I think I grade him harshly because he is, I would say, the most talented player on the team, and I know that he could do better. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ding him there. I think, I think completing no crosses is not great when there's eight of them. Yeah, I would say five and a half. That that that's what these, that's what this team needs him. This team needs him to do that. He did not do that effectively. I think he gets sort of the assist on the goal, so maybe that boosts him a little bit, but. Uh, even so, that was pretty fortunate, and this team needs him to play those long balls, play them inaccurately, and and find Estrada, find Kamara, find players in the box. So Moses Nyman uh, played sixty four minutes. Uh, Footbomb has him at a seven. I think that is fair. What do you think? I I, I would say I would say honestly a, a six. I think he had one good move. I think where he actually won the ball on sort of the press, and that was impressive. Um, there was one moment where he very clearly got uh, caught in his own head. And that's just going to come with just learning. Uh, I think he got the ball. He was in a spot and I think he had two options. And I think he took that split second to think. And when you take that split second, that's when you get dispossessed in that. And so I, I think, I think it's a, it's a, for him, it's just a quickness thing. He just needs to learn to be more, to be quicker in, in thought. I think that's fair. Drew Skundrich, uh, he's foot mob has him at a 7.4. I'll put him at a six and a half. I'm gonna say five. Okay. Just not 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 what DC needed. Not what DC needed. Brad Smith, foot mob gave him a seven point eight. I think that's roundabout fair. Maybe seven and a half. He was he was sort of chaos up and down the wing. What do you thought? Yeah, I would say seven. Uh one one thing his Gressel was not and maybe I'll look back. There were a couple times I thought Gressel was not checking back enough. And we saw Brad Smith. He would go up that field. He would, I think one point he was dis, it was either a dispossession. He was caught up the field. He ran back and I think really sort of took out, forced uh the the Charlotte defend the Charlotte attacker to go towards the line and really have a bad angle on, on a really nice Bill Hamid save. So I think he helped sort of, you know, shepherd that with his checking back. So I was I was impressed with that aspect of his game as well as the offensive. So I'm gonna say a seven. Griffin Yao, uh foot mob give him a six point nine. I would give him a six. Six and a half. Okay. I, 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 he looked, he looked the most, he was willing to dribble at players when a lot of other players weren't. And I think that is, if he can refine that skill, that's going to be something good to have. So Addison Flores, Footmob Gibbons is a 7.2. I put him as a six as well. Six, six and a half. I'm going to say his second half was better. It sort of recovered a little bit. Didn't really impact the game a whole lot, but I, 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 I want to see him get consistent, healthy minutes and, I'm hopeful he kind of grows into that. Uh, he lo- he looked healthy and he looked energetic, and I think that that's something we haven't seen from him in a while. Man of the match, Michael Estrada with an 8.8, uh, scored two goals, could have had three in the first half. I think uh, I'm going to say somehow I'm going to give somebody had two goals in eight and a half. I think 8.8 sort of flatters him a little bit. What, what What's your score? I'm going to say an eight. He scored two goals. He took a shot when Onos did. He buried the PK. I'm happy he he's putting the ball in the back of the net. If he keeps doing that, no complaints for me. Um, I do want to see more from the press from him. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, and then the subs we're not going to rate because I don't I don't like rating subs because I don't play enough time. But Jafal, Kamara, Odiatsum, Perez, and the, I I thought it was interesting that uh, Azad Liadi got in 
as a, with yeah. a with a four day loan. They're like, you know what, buddy? Yeah, go ahead, give it a shot. What do you what do you what do you I, think? I, I, I think if that if that if that game is closer, well, he's not sure. making the field. Sure. It, was, it was three it was three nothing, and they were just like, all right, yeah, go out, have a run, see what you can do. So I know that Loudon. I know that people are who are following Loudon close, like uh, next in line podcast, are excited that's excited about Liotti. He scored nine goals last year for Tormenta. Uh, so uh, a player, a player that's to be excited about uh, potentially at the USL side, and he got a nice little run out uh, in his very, very short MLS career. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I don't know, maybe they, maybe they extend that loan. I, it seemed very curious they made that uh, signing. Well, I guess they're thinking, um, they're thinking maybe Roberta might be back. I guess at this point, I think, I think that's maybe it. is the thought. I think that four day was just an injury cover, and I think Nigel hopefully is ready for next week. Uh, yep. Why don't you, you you sort of preluded to it a little bit ago? So who are who else are we looking at, and what what are the developments in our Ecuadorian winger uh, shopping? Oh, jo- Joao Rojas. Apparently, the team we got we have double what I call double side confirmation. We have the uh, South American reports, which are always should be taken sometimes with a grain of salt. Uh, though, I mean the the I think it was the same guy reporting it last time is the same one reporting it this time. And that was right, right when uh, Emilac, Emilac, I think I'm saying that right, so. uh, his Ecuador, Ecuadorian team put out a statement saying, nope, he's not for sale. Uh, apparently, those those interests have been rekindled. DC maybe is apparently willing to offer more money to sign uh, to sign Rojas. Uh, I keep I keep I keep checking golf to for the uh, for the like official official word that he's signing. I think it's a good sign. I'm not saying uh, things can fall apart, obviously. Like absolutely, things can fall apart, but I think it's positive that they're reigniting those conversations. It leads me to believe that Elmalek is now ready to sell. Uh, that they maybe they thought I think they said he was not for sale because they're like, let's get this guy in on a new contract. And I think maybe maybe that maybe he's had his head turned. He's like, I, I'm ready to move on from this. I've I've you know given you guys service. You know, sell me now, or I'll sign a six month. You know, I'll sign a six. You know, a pre contract. By June, so you have you have a few months. So I think maybe they're like, all right, let's go ahead, let's sell him because this contract runs out December thirty first of this year. So they either need to sell him now or get him to a new contract. And he may be saying, I want to go now. So I think it was clear to see that this team was missing parts, uh, even in a three nothing win. So I think that this is a good sign that they are going to aggressively uh, for more offensive help, which Aaron has asked for now in multiple settings uh, uh, to the media. And- his his value, Rojas's value is around two million. You pay that, you pay his contract. He's probably a designated player. So that's three designated players for for DC. Uh, they're not the flashy ones, but I mean they're young talents that you hope can grow and to be well. Uh, New York City was also interested in signing Rojas, uh, so they definitely have an eye for for talent uh, at one point. So um, yeah, I think it's going to be. I'm excited to get him in. Um, you know, and Taxi's also been conspicuously absent. From Rapid Vienna, they they say that's due to illness, but it seems like that's been going on for a while now. So, I think he I think he's maybe holding out a little bit. He's like I'm I you know I'm I'm kind of done here, you know. I've got this other team that wants me. They're in the beginning of their season. I've done all I can here. Time time for you guys to to work out a deal for me. So, uh, they just uh, Rapid Vienna. Apparently, the word was that Rapid Vienna wanted to hold on to him for the Conference League. He played 30 minutes of the first leg and did not play a single minute of the second leg. Of which Rapid Vienna lost uh, to, I think, the Dutch team they were playing. I forget. So they're out of Conference League now. We'll see. Let's uh, we'll see what happens. Let's let's preview this game coming up uh, this this weekend here on Saturday. 
Uh, yep. FC Cincinnati. Let's talk about. I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but I'm right now looking at the the score sheet for their five nothing thrashing against Austin. Uh, the interest some interesting notes from a DC perspective. The highest rated player on FC Cincinnati was Junior Marino uh, with <laughs> with a with a seven point two in foot mob. I think that's kind of wild because he's had probably maybe a week of practice with the team and he's he was thrown right out into the to the start. Uh, the, the <laughs> Austin scored scored goals in the uh, second minute, fourteenth minute, forty third minute, sixty first minute, and then the kiss the cherry on top. An own goal in the third minute of stoppage time of the game uh, uh, for for Austin. So five five nothing comprehensive victory. Uh, what do we? Uh, also, I think an interesting note maybe for DC fans. Uh, Luciano Acosta apologized to the fans uh, as the ca- he's the captain apparently of at, of MC Cincinnati, which is interesting. Uh, but basically said like you know this is not who we are. Of course, uh, recent history says that actually that is kind of who they are. Uh, but they said they don't worry. We're going to show you who we are this coming weekend uh, against DC United. So uh, I guess it's it's probably not good to play a team after they get so paddled by a team that is yeah. not even complete yet, because uh, they think they're going to be very desperate to not repeat that. But I think it, it's got to be alarm bells for FC Cincinnati fans who are hoping that finally they wouldn't get the wooden spoon. And it's one game, yeah, of course, he- but still. You, I mean that—that's really. I mean, FC Cincinnati has no goals, no no aspirations as far as playoffs go. I mean, they they know this team is probably at least a couple years away. That bad, you know, bad decisions financially for the club, bad player signings have really just damaged this team. And I think they're just—they are just trying to find their if they can leave this game with, you know, five or six players that they can carry on, whether that's Acosta or Junior Moreno. Uh, I, I think they're just looking just for 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 a reset. I think we'll get a better game out of them this week. I I, I predicted. I think I went on the um, Cincy Soccer Talk Show. I predicted a draw. I think there's going to be a bounce back, a two two uh, type of game. I think DC is going to get obviously Roberta back. Maybe have some more healthy bodies in the attack. Uh, maybe have a, a better sense of what they of what they want to be. Uh, they're going to be in front of their home fans. It's very difficult to go on the road in MLS, uh, especially when you're when you're a team that's struggling as much. So. You know, apparently, and apparently, a lot of that anger came from the the players. There was a lot of upsetness about how they performed. So, I, I think we're going to get a bounce back. They're not going to be a pushover. I think DC needs to not treat them like they treated Cincinnati or treated uh, Charlotte, because I think they will get punished on the road if they do do that. So, uh, curious to see the starting lineup. You know, I'm not I'm not going to be singing alarm bells if this team drops this game. It's a road game. Uh, you you this team is still not complete. Uh, I, I hope if it's an embarrassing loss, maybe then I'll rethink that. But um, I'm not going to necessarily fret if they do drop this game. But I'm hopeful for at least a point out of this game and and kind of continuing the momentum. You ride that into Chicago, you pick up a win, and suddenly things are looking things are looking all nice and rosy. And maybe we get the win. Maybe maybe Cincinnati really is that bad. But I'm but I'm going two two draw on this game. What do you what are your thoughts? I just wanted to first comment. What do you think a goalie who got five goals past them and also scored an own goal himself. What do you think foot mob gives him? <laughs> Out of two, three, two and a half. So you got, you got Jeez. it there on average. I was like, we thought the John Kempen days of uh, foot mob readings were bad. That's much worse. Um, I, th- I, I still, I foresee a victory here. I think DC United plays a lot better than they did against Charlotte uh, this coming week, even though they're still short. I think, you know, Russell. The game comes too soon, probably for Canals to be ready. I think that would have been a big difference in the in the way this midfield's going to be. 
Junior Moreno's a good player. So I think that'll be interesting to see sort of how DC United copes with a player who knows who knows their tactics inside and out. Uh, I I think a three one victory. Two one victory. I'll get I'll give you a little less optimistic. Two one victory for DC is the way I see it. I also did not know that Pat Noonan was the coach in Cincinnati. Did you know that? Yeah. Yep, he was he was just hired. So again, this is a team that is on their third rebuild in three years, basically. Uh it, just poor decisions across the board. They are they have a lot of bad contracts that they are trying to get out of so they can actually have a rebuild. Uh this is a this is a ride it out year. Uh, I'm sure even though Moreno costs money, I'm sure he's like, here's a player we can kind of, you know, settle our center midfield. I think I think also he, w- he was a desperation signing. They overpaid. I think sure. they you want to talk about overpaying for a guy who had no chance. They probably overpaid um, for for Junior Moreno. So uh, but he I think he'll be a solid player for them. I don't think he'll wow, but I think he'll be a solid player and a solid player for them to, to build around. And like you said. Going up against old foes, we, we've had teams punish DC when they've gone up, when they when we've traded them, and then they come up against us. So um, I think they'll be a home opener. I think they'll want to send a message to their fans. So I'm, I'm predicting that they will give their fans some hope. I'm not going to call a loss, even though I'm worried about a loss. I, th- I think it's going to be 2-2. So. All right. I think that's going to do it for this episode of United 96. Uh, if you're wondering where Kindred Spirits is, uh, we just all kind of thought there really wasn't a whole lot of content to really cover. We didn't want to talk about a 6-0 loss to Casey uh, Current that no one could see and that were <laughs> played 50% by trialists who aren't going to be on the team. So we figured that was yeah. not we figured that, that was not helpful. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw the 6-0 loss. Oh, God, what happened? Then I looked at the lineup, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm not Who are any of these people? <laughs> I think I recognized Karina Rodriguez and that was about it. So yeah, uh, we, we just decided uh, we would hold off on the spirit episode. Uh, maybe we'll look at getting you guys some more like, you know, content, uh, other, other content to sort of hold you over. We got games starting up for them. I think we only got one more week, one more week of spirit uh, of no games. And then we got a game to actually look forward to and talk about. So, all right, folks, thank you so, so much for listening. Remember, check us out, patreon.com slash RQRFGs. If you want to join the show, you get the show right off the bat, uh, especially when Kindred Spirits is out. You get those, both those episodes right out right out of the gate. Uh, also, for United 96, uh, check out that. Remember, guys, if you're listening on the non-Patreon feed, you are of your warning. You only have a few more weeks, and you got to switch over to United 96. So go ahead, jump on over, hit the subscribe button. You can you can um, we give you permission to unsubscribe from our <laughs> refugees podcast as long as you're subscribed to both Kindred Spirits, Next in Line, and United 96. Otherwise, no permission. Subscribe to all three of those. Otherwise, no permission. No permission. <laughs> you got to do it. Then you can then you can unsubscribe. Thank you guys so so much for listening. You guys have been awesome. We will catch you guys next week for more actual games to talk about. It's so great. MLS is back. Vamos. Vamos. <laughs>